We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is July 18th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, we're we're doing it, you know? We're doing the offseason, baby, and uh, full steam ahead. I, you know, is is what it is. We, we don't have Magic Basketball again for a long time, so yeah, like just three months settling in to, to that. I've been watching a lot of sec network where they're just running a, like notable college football game from the past because i need something on my screen i can't take these dog shows on espn and anything else really so that's that's what i'm doing i'm just watching college football games right now now i'm there with you with the dog shows like if it's like uh you know best in show kind of thing i'm not really for that but when they're running like the obstacle courses or they're ju- like seeing how far they can jump into the water I'm locked yeah. into that every single time. And there's there's a good chance now that when you're watching that, it's at the World Equestrian Center in none other than Ocala, Florida. So that's that was on ESPN like last week where they were doing the, like see how far they can jump, all that stuff. World Equestrian Center is like a new state-of-the-art facility they've built in Ocala, and it's like horse shows and dog shows basically now. I'm actually much more familiar with the World Equestrian Center. That's equestrian, right? That's how you say that word? Yes. Yeah, there, I there think you go. Uh, Drake said he had an aunt that used to ride equestrian, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually mm-hmm. more familiar with that facility than you would think. Uh, in my day job, um, I actually worked with a client who um, works in construction, and he did a lot of work for a client, um, and he got a lot of his uh, inspiration from that facility in Ocala. So, uh, wow, yeah, little, pretty interesting. That. Look at that. Anyways, we're not here to talk to equestrian that back to me, and. But. Well, at the time you were in Nebraska, I wasn't good. Okay. I wasn't gonna be like, oh, hey, Luke, three, did five, you hear about two. the World Equestrian Center? Like, Listen. no, it just never came up in conversation, and it honestly mm. probably never will again, and it should not on this podcast. People are a couple minutes into this, and what am I listening to? Anyways, it, uh, all I was gonna say, Jonathan, it's going to come up in conversation <laughs> when I go back and when I go there for the first time, and I eat at one of their restaurants. I heard their food is okay. incredible, so I, I will be sending food pics that night, which I know are always welcome always welcome you are absolutely correct but yes three months now until orlando magic basketball is back 
I went as far as purchasing like the MLB TV package for the Yankees so that mm. I could watch the Yankees, you know, for the next several months until bas until uh, football starts. We'll watch some New York Giants and then that'll hold me over until basketball season is back. But we will be here with you guys the entire offseason, still bringing you two episodes every single week, talking Orlando Magic basketball. We're going to get into the final uh, summer league games that we had, uh, the New York Knicks. And then actually uh, yesterday, Saturday, uh, the final game against the Detroit Pistons. And then we're going to talk some Donovan Mitchell. You know, Donovan Mitchell is rumored that the Utah Jazz are entertaining trade discussions for Donovan Mitchell since they traded Rudy Gobert a few weeks back. And everywhere you look, the Magic are being not really tied to them through official reports, but they're talking about it on podcasts. Of course, Magic fans are talking about it being talked about on Reddit and everything like that. So uh, we will also uh, be talking about uh, that as well. A couple of housekeeping items just really quickly. If you guys haven't heard yet, uh, Orlando Weekly, uh, they have a best of 22. They have a ballot every single year uh, where you can vote for local staples, you know, restaurants, um, you know, live performances, and even local podcasts. So we've actually been nominated for best local podcast from Orlando Weekly. Uh, if you go to vote.orlandoweekly.com, underneath the local notable section, uh, you can actually find the six-man show. You can vote for us um, if you want to vote for us for best local podcast. So we're hoping, uh, you know, it's a, a, the voting is still open for a few more weeks. So we are looking forward to, uh, to those results, and hopefully we fare pretty well on that. Outside of that, we're going to go ahead and shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons, which we do each episode. If you all are interested in helping financially support the show and help us do what we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash the sixth man show. We have three very affordable tiers to choose from, each with various benefits. Uh, but our Hall of Fame tier patrons specifically, we shout them out on every single episode. We're going to do that right now. Shout out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Magic Player History, Wiffle, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Gotti93. You guys are the real MVPs. Thank you to all of our patrons. All right, Luke. We do have to talk about these two summer league games, uh, although we will do it briefly. Um, you know, Caleb Houston uh, did not play um, in the final uh, game for the Orlando Magic against the Detroit Pistons. Um, he did play on Thursday against the New York Knicks. Both of those contests, uh, the Orlando Magic lost on Thursday. It was an 89-102 loss to the New York Knicks. Um, the New York Knicks Summer League team was just like kind of good you know, with guys like Quentin Grimes and uh, McBride leading the scoring way for them with 22 and 23 points respectively. For the Magic, it was Kusi off of the bench, 25 points, 11 of 15 from the floor, 3 of 5 from the three-point line, two rebounds, four assists, five steals in this one, Luke. Uh, yeah, really impressive out of Kusi. Kevin, producer Kevin, is a big fan of, of Kusi's look. The bald head, the beard. The bald head and the beard. Mm -hmm. Happens to be a fellow white guy. I mean, that might mm. as well be Kevin Tucker on the floor, sans glasses. <laughs> right. Running that pick and roll to perfection. It's Kevin Tucker out there. No, I, all joking aside, I made sure to go and watch 
know, essentially the the full game highlights. Admittedly, didn't not watch you know either of these games, um, but I got what I needed to in terms of watching Kusi play. Obviously, he was kind of the talk of of everybody that was Magic fans that are still in tune with what's happening with Summer League. But uh, first of all, I love to say that the Knicks lost in the championship for Summer League against the Trailblazers. So they didn't get a ring, which is still funny. And I love the irony of it all. And uh, yeah, so I love that they didn't get that because they put out like the the all-star squad for basically the whole summer league. So it was nice to see them, you know, losing that championship. But um, all that to say, yeah, Kusi looked good. Do you think he is two-way spot worthy at this point? I mean, if we're just looking at the last two performances, you know, he, he played just very sparingly uh, before these two games. But again, against New York, 25 points, you know, five steals, 11 of 15 from the floor. And then against the Pistons, 13 points, four of 11 from the floor. Not quite the offensive performance that he had in the first game, um, but he's got some game to him. You know, he's got the ability he to got put to the, line, the floor a little he shot bit. shot four, four free throws in that game. Yeah, you got, he's got the you know the ability to put it on the floor, get to the rim. Uh, you know the the three point shot, not terrible looking. I think he's definitely got a lot of uh, potential uh, as a two way guy. I would love to see him on the Lakeland roster for sure. I won't be mad if he's like the second two way guy. I just feel like you know Xavier Simpson was the starting point guard. You know for the first well really all of the summer league games, but especially the first few. You know when you had Paolo in there, you know. Um, he, he was in there with a lot of those starters. And it just felt like he, he, he wasn't really bringing enough. It was Xavier Simpson, a, a smaller guy, maybe 6'1". That, that, that might be uh, really uh, generous to say that. I think he actually lists like 5'11", if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, uh, you know, Kusi, I just feel like is a guy who on an NBA floor, he's not going to do too many things kind of outside of his role. Um, a two-way guy. We're really not talking about a, a guy this year for the Magic that should see the floor. But yeah, I won't be mad if, if Tommy Cousy is the the second two-way guy right now. Admiral Schofield is still. Uh, I don't know if he's accepted that qualifying offer uh, for the the two-way spot there. But what are your thoughts on that second two-way? Yeah, for me, I'm hoping that the two-way does not play a part uh, in this season this year. I hope that the Magic. You know, don't have to rely on that at all. Kusi played at, you know, if you're like me and you are interested in kind of their college background, where'd they go? Kusi, just to give you a brief uh, synopsis here, he finished in 21-22 season at St. Mary's. Played essentially five seasons, it looks like there, five years at St. Mary's. Averaged 12 points a game, almost four assists, almost four rebounds, 49% from the field. And 45% um, from three on three attempts a game. So he can shoot. You saw it. You usually can see it with guys like that because their shot volume is so high. Even in bad performances, Kusi shot six threes and only made one. But you know that the confidence is there. Some guy that's trying to earn a spot isn't going to shoot those threes if he doesn't think that he can shoot those threes. So uh, we saw it that first game. I love the efficiency from him from the field there too. So I would not mind if he's a guy that comes in and you know, hopefully the Magic won't need him. But if they do, I think Kusi would be uh, kind of a, a nice guy to bring in off the bench there. Probably ninth guy, 10th guy off the bench if the injuries are, you know, hindering the Magic at that point. We'll see. I, I don't lean, you know, heavily in my opinions either way, but I do think that he'd be a good candidate just based on what I've seen with him being able to handle the ball and, and run that pick and roll. 
And then Saturday night, Luke, uh, the Magic lose 86 to 102 to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, Charlie Moore, you know, guard for the Pistons Summer League team. That guy, I believe he played at like four different colleges throughout his uh, NCAA career. Um, but really his scoring, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, was just too much, you know, for the Magic. I'm pretty sure he outscored the Magic. Um, you know, m- most of the, the Magic roster in that fourth quarter for the Pistons. So, um, yeah. Summer League, you know, the the Magic, Philip Rossman Reich talked about this on Lockdown Magic. Even though they didn't necessarily have the personnel to play the way that the Magic are looking to play in the regular season with the actual roster, um, they were still kind of playing that kind of roster. So, uh, like this last game, the Magic shoot 7 of 31 from the three-point line, shooting up, you know, plenty of three-point attempts, but just don't really have the shooters. Like Wilson Frame, 0 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, Tommy Cuse, one of six from the floor, though he might be a little bit more of a capable three point shooter. Uh, you know, it is what it is. The last day, this is like the 11th day of summer league for a lot of these guys. Um, I don't know how, what the standing is in terms of if these, any of these guys are, uh, getting, you know, G league contracts or, you know, some contracts from overseas, but, uh, you, you got to think these guys are, are really trying to relish the opportunity, but uh, just not able to to get to that win. Uh, again, losing 86 to 102 to the Detroit Pistons. And that's going to be the last uh, bit of Orlando Magic basketball that we have, uh, you know, really until, you know, the end of September when training camp starts and, you know, preseason not too long after that. And then, of course, the last few weeks of October, the regular season will start. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm ready for the regular season. I'm excited for that. I, I know the end of last season especially was like when is this going to end especially once we got past the all-star break and we knew that we were terrible and we were tanking but it's like a couple weeks after that you know you're into the nba draft lottery you have the draft summer league's over and now here we are waiting for orlando magic basketball i am thankful for like the lottery and the draft kind of you know being a month apart being shortly after the you know the playoffs and it makes it feel like it hasn't been as long since the Orlando Magic basketball game was played. But when you think about truly how long it has been since the Magic have played basketball already, and then you've got to wait till October to really see them on the floor again, it's uh, it's crazy. But like I said, I am thankful that there was kind of that, the, the, you know, the, the lottery and the draft. And then hopefully we don't really have to worry about the lottery, uh, at least coming into next year. And even from the lottery to the draft, even that was a grind, you know, mm-hmm. years prior where, you know, there's, seven or eight guys you know when you're picking 15th or 16th or seven or eight guys that okay maybe they might fall to you maybe it might be a little bit of a reach this is where you know some other uh analysts kind of have this guy pegged so i mean the last couple years we would talk about seven or eight or nine different prospects each year and this year it was like hey paolo chet jabari and we just talked about that for for weeks and weeks but we're going to have a lot of guests on in between now and the regular season just to kind of keep the conversation going uh, around the orlando magic you know what they did well this year what we're looking forward to next year so again still going to have two episodes each week continue to be locked in with us uh, for the entire off season and we will get you to the regular season don't you worry we're driven by the search for better But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Luke, today uh, the NBA Bet Twitter account uh, posted that uh, Points Bet USA had released their uh, next season's regular season win totals. Uh, to lead the pack, the Boston Celtics, 55 and a half regular season wins. Part of that, maybe they're thinking, oh, you know, the East might still be, you know, a little bit weak. Although I think that theory is starting to die over the past several years as the East is becoming more and more competitive. And then last in the league, the San Antonio Spurs, they have the San Antonio Spurs over under win total, 23 and a half. Now, where this gets interesting is the Orlando Magic. So everyone knows last year the Orlando Magic went 22 and 60 on the season. They won 22 games last year. This season they have the win total over under for the Orlando Magic set at 27 and a half. Luke, what do you think about that? So your knee-jerk reaction as I'm sure every non-biased Magic fan uh will say is that oh, let's We'll take the over 100 times out of 100. And that that is my initial reaction as well. So I don't think that you're wrong to think that judging by the Magic, you know, winning the amount of games they won last year at 20. You know, what's to say the Magic can't win? You said it's 27 and a half, right? 27 and a half. So what are the chances the Magic can't just win eight games more? We saw it where they hold out so many players in the last, especially the last quarter of the season last year. And intentionally losing games, right? Trying, like, the tank is on full steam ahead. You've got to think that if the Magic are are plugging along, especially, like, All-Star break or really, let's let's be honest, what we feel is kind of the halfway is, it feels like it's really, like, after Christmas. Like, that's when you're kind of like, okay, this feels like halfway. Let's reassess. Where's this team at? At least as fans. So, you, you got to be thinking, like, this team, you, you hope to have a, a sizable amount of wins by that point. I think what Vegas is saying here, and all implications say this, is that the Magic will just realize later in the year that they're not going to make the playoffs, and then they're going to start to maybe lose some games to drop their spot a little bit. I think that that's what Vegas is betting on, as well as the injury history of the Magic. That played a huge part. If you weren't a Magic fan, you don't understand that the Magic were, in fact, the most injured team in the league last year. So, But Vegas knows. Vegas knows that the Magic were injured know they've got this stuff but maybe Vegas is saying they're going to be injured again like they're going to get bad again they're you know it's going to be a little later in the year so they might accrue a little more wins than last year they're going to be better just by default with the number one pick J.I. Markel I just I have such a hard time 
thinking that the Magic will win under 27.5 unless, unless they can't stay healthy. That is the only, legitimately the only thing that I look to. And I'm like, I guess like it's possible. But, you know, there also is that fact of the Magic gets near like three quarters of the way through the season. And finally, at that point, a little later than they have the last couple of years, been like, yeah, we just need to start kind of intentionally losing these games and holding guys out. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of play the the counterpoint to that. So the first thing that I want to point out is last year the Orlando Magic lost 15 games by six or fewer points. So you throw out Markel Fultz, you give me Paolo Bancaro on that roster, you give me a little bit more health, maybe you give me Jonathan Isaac. I think pretty comfortably, you know, we win maybe half of those 15 games. So that in itself, if you win eight of those or seven of those 15 games, let's say. That puts the Magic at 29 last year. That that's already that already hits the over. Now to your point about maybe the last few weeks of the season, the Magic realized, oh, you know, we're really not as close to the plane as we would like to be. Let's try to you know sandbag this a little bit. Mm-hmm. This time around, we don't have you know Ignis Brezdakis in Admiral Schofield, and some of the and Robin Lopez to throw out there. Now this year, if you look at the Orlando Magic bench, it's potentially Cole Anthony or or, or maybe Jalen Suggs or, or Gary Harris. You've got R.J. Hampton. You've got Moritz Wagner, Chuma Okiki, maybe Jonathan Isaac. I don't see the the same incentive this year or the, the route to losing those games where you're like, oh, well, we're just going to play Ignis Bresdakis, you know, Admiral Schofield, and, and Robin Lopez 20 minutes tonight most of those minutes coming in the, the second half in the fourth quarter. And we'll just see if those guys can tough it out and, and, and get us a win a couple of times. They actually almost did get you the win. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like you said, barring significant injuries, like I, I have my down payment on my house that I'm building right now, sitting in the bank. And part of me <laughs> is like, I'm just going to lay it down <laughs> on the, the magic like over. I, I saw this and I tweeted out, smash the over because I just especially this is the other interesting thing they have two teams sitting at 27 and a half wins the other team is the Houston Rockets and the Houston Rockets I don't feel have the same benefit that the Magic do where now you're having a fully healthy Markel Fultz come back you have the number one overall pick in the draft in Paolo Bancaro you've we already have like an assortment of young talent and then maybe you've even got Jonathan Isaac coming back so like the the Houston Rockets, like yeah, maybe Jalen Green is a little bit more healthy this season. You traded away Christian Wood, sure. Maybe Josh Christopher is a little bit better this year. Now you've got Jabari Smith. The defense might be a little bit better. Alperen Sengun might take a leap. I don't see these teams really on the same level right now. Talking about the Magic and the Houston Rockets, I think that's kind yeah. of silly to say that. I think the Rockets also- will still be vying for the number one pick towards the end of the season. Yeah, and I I don't want to forget Ty Ty Washington. Obviously, he he you know did did decent there in summer league, so we'll see kind of where he fits into the the puzzle as well for them. But yeah, I I, I really don't know, and I I'm looking forward to, and I haven't yet, which is why I'm being transparent here today. And as any point as the off season goes on, I'll give myself a little more homework into looking into the teams ahead of the Magic last year in the standings, who I genuinely feel like the Magic will be better than. And I'm sure that'll be a segment at some point, Jonathan, where we do go through the standings and we just say the Magic better than these guys, these guys, these guys. And that'll kind of play into this, right? Because at the end of the day, you can, I think we do that a lot, right? Like we isolate ourselves from every other team and we're just like, can the Magic win 27 and a half games? And it's like, 
I guess, like, I'd love to say we can. They won 20 last year, but to really know the landscape, you have to know the landscape of those teams ahead because that's who you're competing against, especially in the East. You're playing against them more than you play against them in the West, your division, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of homework, I think, to be done. I think we honestly, Jonathan, we revisit this as well closer to the beginning of the season and say, okay, we've had an all off season to think about it. Do we really think our same answer is that the Magic will win over 27 and a half? Because it could honestly be different after looking at kind of the landscape of the East, especially what I will say. I told some buddies the other day, I said, if the Magic are healthy, I don't see a world where they don't win at least 30. Like that, I think 30 is a realistic spot, you know, as a floor, right? Right now, if I had to guess and predict something, I'd say this team wins 36 plus games. And I know a lot of people are going to hear that. And oh, going my to say, goodness. 36. You've lost your mind. At least 36. That is spicy, well, Luke Sylvia. Okay. All right. So let me let me backtrack a little. So I the floor is 30 for me still. I said this a few days ago. I'm standing on that. But I think fully healthy. That is, there's are so many things here in this that you know need to be paid attention to. Fully healthy. And the roof, the, the floor for me is still 30. But I could see a world where this Magic team absolutely wins 36 plus games, just because I, I and maybe you know we're well we know this we say this almost every episode Jonathan we're biased and we're unashamedly biased I know Jonathan absolutely falls in that camp and he knows it and he makes himself the president of that 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 club, but I will say I understand that it seems like you know some bias to say the Magic you know could win 36 games. A, I, I, I am not ignorant to the fact or blind to the fact that a 16-win jump is unprecedented to go from worst team in the league to 36 wins. However, I think there was a lot of caveats last year. I think there was a lot holding this team back, and it just wouldn't shock me. Nothing really would shock me this season, to be honest with you, aside from obviously the Magic being like a top competitor in the East, right? Like that's what would shock me. Everything else under that, though, it's all fair game for me. So looking at the, the standings from last season, so 12th uh, in the Eastern Conference is where the Magic would have finished with 36 wins uh, you know, this past season. I think really what the Magic are going to fall back on, you know, especially early on while they're still figuring you know, kind of the offensive pecking order is going to be the defense. And funny enough, the team uh, that finished 11th in the East at 37 wins, so that would be just above the 36 that you're talking about, would be the New York Knicks. And the Knicks finished 11th uh, in defensive rating last year for the season heading into like the last week of the season uh, they were uh, a top 10 um, you know NBA um, you know defensive rated team so if the magic are as good as we think they can be defensively it's really rare for or not rare it might one or two teams each year but typically if you end up in the top 10 defensive teams in the NBA usually have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. So where the Magic would need to be, uh, if it was this last season, the Charlotte Hornets were the 10th seed. You know, obviously, they made the play-in game uh, with 43 wins. So that's where the Magic, we keep talking about kind of flirting with the play-in, but I think 36 wins kind of does that for you. You know, you go into maybe the last month of the season with a, yeah. a small chance, but still a chance to make the play in. I think that's really what the Magic should be shooting for this season. Maybe not make the play in, but uh really kind of where you have an opportunity to, you know, going into the last if the last week of the season, if you go on like some kind of crazy run, you know, you might have what like 
14 to 16 games uh, in a month. If you go like 10 and four or 11 and three over the last month, yeah. you know, maybe you have a chance to make the plan. So 36, yeah. I don't know that I'm ready to say that, mm-hmm. but what I will say is if the magic hit the under on this, if the magic win five more games this year than they did last year, just just kill me blow everything up <laughs> apart from apart from injuries if we're relatively healthy right. i don't see any realistic no. universe where the magic mm-hmm. win fewer than 27 games i just don't see it yeah and i do think that it's it's not nothing that i'm saying this either because i typically i call myself a realist right but we all know that that's really like i'm i'm more sided toward like pessimism really but that, that is accurate all, yes it all hinges on really, like you said, being a top 10 defensive team in the league and Paolo Bancaro. If you can pair a top 10 defensive team in the league all year, can be consistent, staying healthy essentially is what that involves. And Paolo is actually the guy offensively and can go get a bucket and do all of those things that he showed us he can do in summer league. If he is able to do that against NBA competition, I see no reason why they can't at least hit that mark of 36 wins. They That is a fun team. And you know who else was off? just a fun team a couple seasons ago? It was the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets take a step because Bridges and LaMelo take a step. The Magic last year were a fun team. They were a league Talk about a team, team that might people. be worse next season. Miles Bridges might not be playing. Yeah, so there is that. So consider that when you're talking about the Magic better than these guys. But my point stands, right? Like the Charlotte Hornets were the fun team two years ago. Then they took a leap last year, right? I think 43 wins. They were that yeah. eight, you know, eight spot, essentially. The Magic, obviously, were, the, were a fun team last year. And without injuries, they would have been a whole lot more fun. And maybe finished with 26 wins last year, 20 around there. Maybe a little bit more even, barring injury. So now could this be that what I'm saying is and what I'm paralleling is like, could this be if Paolo steps up and there's a top 10 defensive team, is this the team that takes a jump and they win a, a, a lot more games than people really thought they would? I don't think there's a reason why they couldn't except for injury. I'm going to project a little bit here. So let's let's project Franz Wagner is, is like, you know, takes a, another step, like another significant step. Yeah. Let's look at Wendell Carter. Like as good as Wendell Carter was the last few months of the season, I don't know how much better Wendell is going to get. Right. Like there were parts of the season he was averaging like you know nineteen and ten towards like the end. I of the don't season need anything there. else from him. Yeah, I, I don't know how much better Wendell is going to 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 be able to be. Let's say Jalen Suggs is just closer to what he should have been offensively last season, and you have like obviously the the, the defense right. Markell is back. Jonathan Isaac is back. Everyone else can kind of be what they were last season. You know that we're talking about kind of like our our core, like five yeah. or six guys at this point. Throw Cole Anthony in there. If Cole Anthony is coming off of the bench, if he's anywhere near what he was last year, that's great, right? If you tell me all of these things happen, the Magic are a top ten defensive team, and Paolo Banchero averages twenty points per game. I am going to guarantee the Magic make the plan. I will mm. guarantee that if Franz can yeah. take a step, Wendell is every bit as good as he was last year. If Jalen can be better offensively, you have Markel and J.I. healthy for an entire season. And Cole Anthony, whether it's starting, whether it's off the bench, if he can give you similar to what he did in terms of his average, not the first 25 games, what we saw last season, 
but kind of, you know, the last you know few months of the season, what were we getting from Cole? Like 15 a night, something close to that? Yeah. If you can give me all of that and the Magic are relatively healthy, top 10 defensive team and Paolo Bancaro averages 20 points a game as a rookie, the Magic will make the plan. That is, I'm stamping that. That is my hot take. Now, this is what I call best case scenario. This is where everything has to go right for the Magic. And we've been talking about this now for weeks, if not months, that next season, if everything goes perfectly right for the Magic, they could make the play-in. Yeah, and I I did... I, I want to say this, this is a very before. biased hypothetical. I am not ashamed to say that. Right, but uh, chances are, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you also you got a little bias, bias. To you. yeah. And you're just like fist pumping in your car right now that let's, we're even let's saying go. this. Let's freaking go! Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, whereas if like a if someone outside of like a Magic fan at this point is listening to this, they're like, "You guys are idiots." Which if you're carpooling and like the guy driving on the way to work, he's like, <laughs> "You're driving in my car. You're listening to this Magic podcast. You're like, these guys are idiots." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to preface. I said that Charlotte was an eight seed. They were not. I meant they were 10, in the 10 seed in the seed. moment, and yeah. I just remembered again that I said that. Anyway, which is crazy that a, the the 10th seed was a 43-win team. In the East, that was pretty unprecedented, I believe, even years ago, that you would be a 43-win team. And what was it? Years ago, you would have missed the playoffs as a 43-win team. Wasn't... What were what were the Magic an eight seed when they went forty two and forty or something a couple they years were ago? They were the seventh seed. Seventh seed. Seventh seed. That was the first year they made the playoffs again yeah. since their yeah. So yeah, so seventh seed was winning forty two games. Uh the seventh seed last year won forty four, sixth seed won forty six. So the East is obviously a lot better than they have been. So I do think that it rides on that. We'll see now, what happens with Brooklyn. And we'll see what happens with the Knicks. If they can add Sir Donovan Mitchell. I feel like the Knicks will be better last year by default by adding like a real point guard. Regardless of what you think about the contract they gave to Jalen Brunson. Yeah, he's like he's a legitimate point, starting better, point guard. And he is far better than their options last year, right? They they were missing D Rose incredibly because he actually did provide Don't let a Knicks that team. hear you the Knicks fans hear you talk bad about Emmanuel quickly. Do not. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, dude. Um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting, but so your final answer is after our conversation, still we're hammering 27 I'm and smashing the over. I'm, yeah. I'm texting my, my degenerate friends tonight and saying, guys, smash the over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll be like, nah, you're biased, dude. Like we're, no, I have, my friends are degenerates. They'll, they'll, they'll be down for it. Yeah. <laughs> they'll do they'll it. be down they'll for do it. it. Oh yeah. yeah. I can text my buddies that like. 1230 on a Sunday during football season like hey let's do a 12 team parlay and they'd be down they'd be down so we joke with one of my friends that he's not happy unless he's losing money like some of us will be like all right the the Chiefs are at home they're only favored by three like over the Dolphins or something like that let's put let's put 20 bucks on that to win 18 and he's like no that's not enough Let's parlay the the Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, Raiders, Giants, Browns. We'll put twenty bucks in each, and we'll win fifteen hundred if it hits. He's that kind right. of guy. So yeah, yeah, light it on fire, he'll be, baby. He'll be down for it. And he, one of them is is one of our patrons. Uh, shout out to shout out to Matt. So wow, just calling out the degenerates, huh? He knows he's a degenerate. It's okay. I didn't say his last okay. name. I didn't say his okay, last great. name. That's all right. Great. Okay, Luke, let's uh, let's move on to the hot topic 
in in different magic spaces right now. So a few weeks ago, the Utah Jazz moved on from their all-star defensive player of the year center, Rudy Gobert. And as soon as that move happened, there was speculation that now the Jazz are going to kind of transition into a rebuild and they may want to move on from Donovan Mitchell. And this past week, the reports came out that the Utah Jazz are listening to offers for Donovan Mitchell. Not that they are going to trade him, but that they are listening to offers. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks that it's going to be either New York or you know New York Knicks or the Miami Heat. Um, the Knicks obviously have been hurting for a superstar since literally Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and every single time uh, a star becomes available, you know, Knicks fans and NBA oh, Twitter convinces themselves that they are going to acquire said superstar, whether it's free agency trades, whatever. And then the Miami Heat, obviously, they're talking themselves into the fact that they're like one more all-star caliber player away from competing for a title, which there is some merit to that conversation. However, people have noticed, you know, the the package that the Minnesota Timberwolves made for Rudy Gobert. And they think that the Magic could make a similar offer. The Utah Jazz, if they are transitioning to a rebuild, are going to be looking for two things, young talent and an assortment of draft picks. The Magic have both of those that they could offer. Bill Simmons, on his podcast, argued that the Magic actually have like the best package to offer the Utah Jazz if they were trading for Donovan Mitchell. Now, when we're talking about these trades, Luke, to make the money work out, usually it's some kind of combination of Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and then picks. I think Bill Simmons, I think he said Isaac, Suggs, Cole, three first-round picks, and two potential pick swaps. So Mm -hmm. three good young players and potentially up to five first-round draft picks. And to that, I say hell no Mm -hmm. to that particular offer. What do you think before I've been just brewing on this for a few days. I could go on and on about this. What do you think about the magic potentially trading for Donovan Mitchell? I'm, I'm torn about it, but I know I lean towards the don't do it. You know, like I lean toward the, like, let's just see what happens. Can we just be patient? Continue to be patient not rush this and like you said about the Knicks they always want that superstar super it was kind of like with with things that come out during the season like oh he's he's a Laker right like people already try to put people on certain teams and the Knicks are absolutely one of those teams that do that we saw that with Kevin Durant and then come to find out they didn't even have a conversation so there's that uh but I think I think it's tough because Donovan Mitchell is still relatively young, right? He He's 25 years old, going to be 26 years old this year when he plays. He's got, you know, what what do you want to say? Like 30, 30 years old, like probably three, four more seasons at like a, a really great level. What I'll say is he made an all-star game a couple seasons ago and has since kind of felt like he's at his, his ceiling, basically. His, his statistics have remain well, relatively just, I mean, the same he's a, in the last he's couple seasons. Three-time All-Star. We just uh, want to clarify that. Each of the last three seasons, he's been yeah, an All-Star. He, he's, so he's, he's not, not exactly falling off. No, he's not falling off, but he's staying relatively... Like, he's not... My point is, he's not going, like, superstar. 
Like he he is an all star and he's a great player and could be a number one option on a you know top level team like he has been with the Jazz, right? So we'll see. But I am very hesitant to say that I would trade that many assets in order to make that happen. Bill Simmons also pointed out on the podcast that the Jazz probably want to do it with the Knicks, especially because of their picks, because they have proved to be incompetent even when given nice things. Granted, you can say things about the Magic as well, that the Magic have not been great the last, you know, what, 12 years. So there is that argument as well, that the, that the Jazz would want to get picks from us because of that. But I think what we have that the Knicks don't is just even more young, young promising guys. I would be okay with, I don't know, man, like as far as a package does go, I am not a trade expert, so don't even try to match money on me. I don't care. I don't have a clue. So, but what I will say, as far as guys that like I'm okay parting with, I'm okay with Suggs and Cole, and you could probably talk me into J.I. I think that you have to lower the amount of picks you're giving them. I'm not, I don't really want to give them that many picks along with pick swaps. I'm good on that. So I don't know what my price tag is right now for Donovan Mitchell. I think I'm probably closer to it than you are, but just because I do think that, you know, people are like, Oh, well, do you want to rise to like, just be mediocre? Like you'll be like a, a, a playoff team, but like at what cost, right? Like how, but what I say is that these young guys on our team will just continue to get better anyway and in three years wouldn't surprise me if this team is a top team in the East with Donovan Mitchell. So even with giving away whatever players you want and maybe the three that I listed. So I really don't know what my price point is for Donovan Mitchell, but I, I would be listening maybe a little bit more than you. So before I get into why I don't think it's the right move for the magic, what I'll say is I probably think we're, we're in the same boat. Like, Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, and like maybe two first round picks. I would I would really be listening at that point if that's the offer. Now when we start talking about four or five first round picks, that's where I'm like, okay, like we we need to kind of draw the line. And at some point, we also need to come back to normalcy. Like in the what was it the 2016 off season where we saw the cap spike. And all of a sudden, Biznamac Biombo was getting $80 million <laughs> contracts. Evan Fournier got a, a fifth-year player option as well as $17 million a year. And then now we've seen guys like kind of you know come back to normal in, in terms of kind of those mid-tier guys. Like Evan Fournier now, sure, is making close to $20 million a year, but he's a much better player now than he was in, in, in let's say, 2016. Right. At some point... The, the the trade market and the value for these guys has to come back down because giving up four young players and five first-round picks like the Minnesota Timberwolves did, that's just lunacy, especially for Rudy Gobert. Like, if it was Kevin Durant or Giannis or Jokic, Steph, we'd be like, okay, you gave up a lot, kind of like the Lakers did to get Anthony Davis. You gave up a lot, but if you win a title, it's all worth it. Now, they won the one title the Lakers did in 2020, People want to talk revisionist history, whether or not they should have traded for Anthony Davis. I would do almost anything <laughs> for the Magic to have a championship. If yeah. you came to me and and you said, like, we are going to take your right arm, but we will guarantee you the Magic are going to win a championship. And when it comes to these hypotheticals, I'm a big, like, quality of life guy. Like, money isn't necessarily worth my quality of life. 
I would really entertain my right arm for an Orlando Magic Championship. <laughs> so if you're mm-hmm. guaranteeing me that that's going to happen, there, I, I would. there's almost not a deal that I wouldn't make. There is no deal I wouldn't make if that was the guarantee. So the Lakers did the right thing by trading for Anthony Davis. They won a freaking title. Let's put that argument to bed. You're giving but, up a right arm. I'm I'm a lefty, so I'm giving up my right arm. <laughs> I don't know that I would give up my left arm, but my right arm, you could probably mm. have it for an Orlando Magic Championship. Interesting. I I'd have to think about what my hypothetical like. Where do I draw the line as far as like what you know? Think what about we're it. We'll come back to it. Whether it's this episode, we we've got a long off season to fill. We I'll can ponder. definitely come back to that hypothetical. What would I away. do for a championship? Yeah. Okay. Please do. Please do. Mm. So, like I said, if it was just young players. Or even if it was just, well, you'd have to include players to make the money work. But even if it was just picks, like, obviously, like, let's go ahead and do that. I draw the line at really good young players that we're big fans of and a ton of picks for Donovan Mitchell. Now, why do I feel like Donovan Mitchell may not really be what the Magic are looking for uh, and what they're looking to build around? So, first of all, you just look at the size, 6'1". Now, he does have a crazy positive wingspan. 6'1", guy with a 6'10 wingspan. Arms are very, very long. Long boy. So, Jeff might see that and be like, okay, I I can work with this. However, we've seen a history of these smaller guards, as they get older, start to have some health issues. We've seen it with guys like Dwayne Wade. Uh, This has just happened time and time again. Smaller guys, as they age, the more and more they hit the floor, the more miles they get on them, they just kind of start to break down. Now, let's talk about the way the Magic are looking to play. And some of this is admittedly going to be some numbers that are going to just kind of help drive the narrative that I'm I'm trying to, to push here, the propaganda here. Pace, space, and the pass. And defense. Just the way the Magic have been constructing this roster since they have tr- started to rebuild. So Donovan Mitchell, uh, last season, I believe, was a 35% three-point shooter. So league yeah. average, given the amount of attempts, you know, almost 11, um, excuse me, almost 10 attempts a game for Donovan Mitchell, 35% is very respectable based on that number of three-point yeah. attempts. So the space, I will give it to him. You know, He's got the shot-making ability. That's there. But let's talk about pace. The Magic want to play with a lot of pace, Luke. When you are constructing your offense, especially if you're a contender, you construct your offense around your very best player. For the Utah Jazz, it was Donovan Mitchell. Do you know where the Utah Jazz uh, ranked last season in terms of pace? So pace is measured by the amount of possessions that you would have in a 48-minute game. The Utah Jazz ranked in the bottom 10 teams in the league, 97.5 possessions per 48 minutes. So they play with very low pace. My guess is attributing some of that to Donovan Mitchell. Let's talk about the pass. Okay, Donovan Mitchell averaged, let's see here, 5.3 assists per game. The Utah Jazz were fourth in assists as a team last year. So, so far, Donovan Mitchell isn't really making the case for the, the... He's making the case for space. He's not really making the case for pace or the pass. In terms of defense, I have a list here of all guards in the NBA who played over 40 games last season, and I have this sorted by their defended field goal percentage. So, this is possessions where they were the closest defender. How did opponents fare in terms of their field goal percentage? 
out of 183 players, if we start with the absolute worst defensive guard in the league, last year it was DJ Augustine, okay? At 83, if we go 22 spots, so now we're sitting at 161, we have Donovan Mitchell at 49.6% defended field goal percentage. So out of all guards who played uh, 40 games or more last season, Donovan Mitchell's defended field goal percentage was 161st. Most people don't think that he's a good defender. I wanted to look up those stats to get a little bit more context in terms of that. Admittedly, I don't watch a ton of the Utah Jazz, but we have seen Donovan Mitchell a turnstile, especially in the playoffs. Short, 6-1 guard, not really... Uh, his play so far has not really been indicative of his teams playing with a ton of pace, not a ton of passing, and he's not a great defender. That mixed with the, the Magic talking about we're going to be patient. We're not going to rush back to the middle. We're not going to rush this rebuild. I think they're big fans of the young talent they've acquired to this point. For all of those reasons, I don't see them pushing their chips in for Donovan Mitchell. And there will be another all-star that, be, that becomes available. We see this every single year. This season, it was almost potentially uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, although he's not an all-star. Guy started in an NBA Finals. Kevin Durant, two years into his contract with the New York uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, he wants out. There was rumors that Kyrie Irving wanted out, that he was going to choose not to opt into that last year player option and become a free agent. Now Donovan Mitchell, after Rudy Gobert was traded, Donovan Mitchell's unhappy. Now he wants out. We see this happen almost every single offseason. Donovan Mitchell is not going to be the Magic's last opportunity to push the chips that they have in for a talent of his level. The last thing that I'll say is as good as Donovan Mitchell is, I don't think he can be the best player on a contender. If you're if you're looking to win a championship, obviously the Utah Jazz have been contenders, but they have not made it very far into the playoffs, so how can you really say they're contenders? I see Donovan Mitchell as like the highest level, second best guy that you can have on an NBA team if you're looking to contend for a title. Yeah, I so kind of a rebuttal there as far as Donovan Mitchell goes, specifically to like the pass. I, to be fair, he had like five assists a game, and uh, let's see his turnover margin. Let's see, he had five. Uh, let's see, five point three assists and three turnovers a game. If he's your shooting guard. I don't care. Like, that's good. Like, that, that is fine to me. I don't mind that at all. Defensively, you can argue the Magic could hide him. But I will say that a lot of it hinges on who you're giving away in that trade. You're not getting to just add Donovan Mitchell to this current roster. You are trading away defensive pieces, uh, essentially, if you're trading away guys like Suggs and J.I. especially. So, that being said, I would like to say you could hide him defensively, but because I don't know what the return the Jazz would be getting, I can't say that for certain. So as far as like you know the the pass goes for me, that's fine. He's great. This the the pay or the space goes for me. He shoots ten threes a game. We have no problem spacing the floor. I will say defensively, I can't say that he'd be great. Um, and and so I I really don't know. And then pace, obviously, you brought up those advanced stats there, which obviously show that he is not somebody that is going to push the ball necessarily. And it could have been the system, but it could be that they were building that team around him, like you said, and that's just not his style is to push. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know as far as Donovan Mitchell does go, but that's kind of my, my two cents there to, to the argument. Well, I think there's other things like that you can think of. And if you're, ma- again, I 
put together these stats to push forward the narrative that right. I don't think we should trade for Donovan Mitchell. Right. That being said, you have an older guard in Mike Conley. You have Rudy Gobert, who's not a guy that's going to play in transition a ton. Uh, you know, Bojan Bogdanovic. Like these are are yeah. not guys who are really pushing the pace on a team. So it doesn't make sense for Donovan to push the break and then be playing one on five. That doesn't make what any sense whatsoever. What I think is the biggest argument against trading for Donovan Mitchell is that it completely changes the type of team that we've spent the last now two years building. You go from being a defensive-minded team. Yes, you add Paolo Bancaro, who I think we do think can be a good defender. And now you're really just putting all of your chips on Paolo Bancaro and Donovan Mitchell carrying you to a championship offensively because they're not defensive juggernauts by any means. And to your point, if you're including Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac in a trade for Donovan Mitchell, that is significantly lowering your defensive ceiling and your floor for that for that uh that point as well so if you're trading those guys away for donovan mitchell all of a sudden you're not really that much of a defensive oriented team yeah yeah i i I think like i said i still lean where i lean which is you know i don't care for us to trade for donovan mitchell by any means so we'll see how it plays out i don't expect it to happen i know you don't expect it to happen we will let the Knicks and the Heat fight over the current popular superstar. And I'm like, I think you said this. I'm totally fine just waiting and f- like figuring out what we have. Right. Let's wait one more year or even two more years. Like, if, if the guy doesn't become available this year, as long as everyone improves to a certain extent this season, wait a year if you have to wait another two years before you say, okay, now we are ready to go and acquire a guy. And now we're ready to make the next step at the end of this year, at the latest, the end of next year, the magic should really be reevaluating everything and say, okay, what does this team need? What kind of guy does that look like? How do we get that kind of guy to Orlando? And then when the opportunity presents itself, you need to be as aggressive as you need to, to get that guy here. Yep. Patient. Then why not be patient now? Like you've been patient in the past here, this front office has been, I don't see them jumping to fix something that is clearly something that they've like laid out in a full-on plan for a very long time. Like I've said before, I feel like they've just got this huge sheet where they just have all their master plans written out, and I, I don't see Donovan Mitchell in those plans. Hopefully not a whiteboard, right? No, no, probably not. No revealing our, our plans there on the whiteboard. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us for this week. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.